Good morning. Good morning. Man, it's good to be here this morning. I want to briefly introduce myself in case you have not had the opportunity to meet me. My name is Billy Strew, and I, as of September 1st, 2016, have been the director of high school ministries here at the church. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's a huge blessing and honor to be able to serve alongside this congregation, and same blessing and honor to be able to have the opportunity to share my heart with you this morning. So thank you. Well, I think it's safe to say that there's probably hardly anybody in this room, if anyone at all, that would say that they enjoy a tense situation. Okay, tension is something in our life that feels uncomfortable. It often brings pain. We learn from it, but just when we're in the moment of it, it's just not fun. And I remember a particular story in my life where my wife and I, yes, students, bear with me. It's about Bosnia, all right? Um, we, my wife and I have been living in Bosnia for um, a month. We served there for five years working with an organization um, doing church planning work. And we'd only been there for a month. And at that time, we were living in the capital, Sarajevo, and we were invited to go on a trip to a smaller town in western Bosnia to visit with a portion of our team that was doing work there. So we went um, to this town and met one of our teammates that had been there for just over 10 years. She's from Estonia. Her name is Yael. Yael was very good with languages. She was fluent in English, fluent in Bosnian, and fluent in Estonian as well. And she invited my wife and I to go with her to a smaller village south of this town. And she said, do you want to come with me? There's, God's been doing some amazing things there. would love for you to have the opportunity to see it. Absolutely. We love new adventures. So she brought out some keys and said, hey, we have a van that we can use, but I have, I have nothing to do with driving. So will you drive Billy? Sure. I love new adventures. Let's go for it. Only been there for a month, but why not? So my wife and I and Yael get in the van, and we start heading to this small village. And things are going great. It's wonderful. We're, we all sharing history with us of what they've been at work doing in Bosnia, and in particular, this village that we're going to see. So we're getting really excited to be able to see this with our own eyes. And so as we are entering the village, one of the worst things that happens when you're driving a vehicle happens. And I look in the rearview mirror, and there are the red and blue lights that you never want to see. And I kind of, my mind just turned off, and I look over at y'all, and I said, y'all, what do I do? She said, you pull over. And I was like, oh, you do that here in Bosnia too, right? And so I pull over, and I'm asking Yael, please help me. What do I do? You're here for me, right? And she looks at me, and she says, Billy, don't speak Bosnian. Only speak English. And then she breaks eye contact with me and looks through the windshield, and it's like she's not there anymore. And I'm just at a loss, just trying to get her attention as the police officer is walking up to the window. And so I can sense that he's right there next to me, and I just went with my gut on this one. Why not? It usually goes well. And I turn, and I say, howdy, how you doing? <laughs> and like a good Texan. And I kid you not, I hear this. <sighs> and I, I was like, this is a good start. Good start to this. And all of a sudden, he smiles. And I have heard of corruption in Bosnia, so that smile, when maybe it would disarm me, in fact, heightened my tension. Because I'm thinking, oh, man, he's going to ask for cash out of my pocket to go to his pocket. And, and who knows what's going to happen. And I'm actually going to get handcuffs on and going to prison. But all of a sudden, he begins to reach through the window beside me. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, please help me. What's happening? And he grabs the switch to the headlights. 
And bear with me, I'm going to speak Bosnian, okay? I think you're going to be okay, though. He turns on the headlights, because they've been off, and he goes, duh. And he turned them off and said, nay. And he did it again. Turned them on, duh. And turned them off and said, nay. And I looked back at Jess, and I was like, what did he just say? And I figured it out, but I found out that there is a law in Bosnia that you have to have your headlights on 24 hours a day. And he said this sentence in Bosnian. I didn't know what he said and did this motion. And I was like, yeah, what do I do? And she said, go, Billy, go. And so I started leaving. I said, what did he just say to me? She said, well, he said, you're a foreigner. Move along. And so I was really thankful that didn't happen. And I learned a valuable lesson. I, my headlights were on at every moment that I stepped in a vehicle to drive at that moment. But this is a tense situation. And it was uncomfortable. And it was painful. And I learned from it. But why do I bring this up today? We are now two weeks from Easter. And Easter is this day that is a day of celebration and a day of victory and a day of joy, as it very well should be. And we hear phrases like, oh, death, where is your sting? And we are no longer slaves to sin. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the reality is, is Monday came. And we're sitting in Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And it just, sometimes we just don't feel it. And we live in these bookends, is the way I see this. Is that one bookend, we live in the reality and faith that Christ has come and Christ has risen. And there is power that has come that we live among today. And then there's this other bookend that Christ will return. And God will make all things new. And there will be a day where there will be no more tears and no more pain and suffering. But in the middle of the bookends, we're just trying to make it through the day sometimes, right? And sometimes we hear those phrases, oh, death, where is your sting? And I know what that means, God. And I know I'm supposed to have faith in that. But today I'm feeling the sting of death in a major way. Just lost a family member. Or I just found out news about myself that... Death seems very real right now. Or we're no longer slaves to sin. I know what that means, God, but I've been a Christian for 10 years and I'm still dealing with the same sin I dealt with 20 years ago. So what does it mean? Why am I still dealing with this? Or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, that sounds beautiful, but I don't know if my paycheck's going to pay for the rest of the bills at the end of the month. And I'm just not sure what we're going to do. And it's real, right? To sit in that tension... And so what do we do with this? Where is hope to be found? And I have come to this verse of John 16, 33, where Jesus is speaking with his disciples, and he says, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so in that middle phrase, we see Jesus clue us in on this tension then the world there will be this tribulation. But on the bookends of this phrase, I have felt, as I've been meditating on this and praying over it, I have felt stick out two particular truths that I have found hope in in my own recent tension that I've been facing. And the first truth is that we are not alone. Jesus says in this verse, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. And so what are these things that he's saying to his disciples? If you go back to John 13, you see right before Passover, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and there's this beautiful moment that happens amongst them. 
And then after this, Jesus calls out Judas and tells him, you're going to be betraying me. And I'm sure that was a very tense situation that you could cut with a knife. But Judas leaves, and then Jesus starts chatting with the disciples over the Passover meal. He's having a great conversation. And through this passage of John 14, 15, 16, a lot of verses that we hear often, we, we glean from this, of uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and do not be afraid. But Jesus also lays down some heavy truths to his disciples, where he tells them, I'm going to be leaving. I'm going soon. I'm going to die. And I'm sure his disciples didn't like hearing that, but he didn't stop there. He said, in fact, you're going to be seeing persecution come. And to be more specific, the world's going to hate you on account of me. So get ready. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not what he did. He just said, get ready. You're good on your own. But he comes to this place in the same chapter, 16, verses 6 and 7, where he says this to them. Um, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So who is this helper? The King James Version actually translates helper into comforter. And this is the Holy Spirit. After Christ was risen from the dead, we, see, we come to Acts 1 in the Bible where we see the day of Pentecost. And there's this beautiful gift that is given to the church where God pours his Holy Spirit upon the church. And this is a gift in which God walks with us daily by his Holy Spirit. And there's power to be found through the Holy Spirit. And there's all kinds of roles of the Holy Spirit that, this, that the Bible tells us about, where we've talked about disordered love and that being a definition of sin, that it's more than just the evil acts we do, but it's in fact our love just being in the wrong places. And one of the roles of the Spirit is just pointing us back, is that maybe we're dealing with the same sin, but the Spirit's there to keep pointing us back, saying, but hey, this is your love now. And he reorders our love, and the, and, and the Spirit strengthens us, but this one here of him being our comforter has been really speaking to my heart recently. And in this recent tension that I have been facing the last several weeks, I have felt God speak to me this one phrase over and over again. And by his spirit saying, I'm still in the boat. And I would, he's pointing me to that story of Jesus being in the boat with his disciples. And a storm happens. And somehow Jesus is sleeping through the whole thing. And the disciples, they fear for their lives. They wake him up. And Jesus calms the storm. But when I was feeling through this, though, I was saying, Jesus, right now I feel like you're asleep still. But he just looked at me. But I'm still here. And I'm not going anywhere. And it reminded me again of my wife recently taking our five-year-old daughter to her five-year wellness check. And for about six months previous to this, that's all we could hear about was her saying, I don't want to get a shot. And Jess was able to take her that day, and she was distraught. And I was not happy about this. But as they go in, and Jess was just able to wrap her arms around Annabelle and say, sweetheart, I know that you don't want this, and I know it might hurt, but I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. And there's this comfort that our daughter was able to find through that moment. And this is the spirit for us. See, I'm still in the boat. No matter where you are in your situation today, no matter how tense it is, and even if you feel it can't get any worse, I'm still here. It may hurt, but I'm not going anywhere. And there's comfort to be found in that. 
And then also we're not alone because God is with us through community. We have the church here that has this deep bond that goes beyond common interests and blood. It goes into the fact that we are indwelled by the Spirit together and redeemed by Christ together. And we're loved by the Father together. And one place where I've seen in my life that this community came in and told me, you are not alone, was whenever in 2012 I was diagnosed with cancer and I had surgery in Zagreb, Croatia, to have the cancer removed. And after the surgery, we were advised that I needed to get treatments, but there was no time to waste. And so we made the decision that what was best for our families that we're going to go back to Texas to have the treatments done. So we had just over a week to tie all of our affairs and all of our arrangements and, and just get everything together as best as we could in, in Bosnia. We were renting an apartment, and then we didn't know if we were going to be coming back or staying for good in America. There's all kinds of unknowns, and so we just had to take care of all we possibly could and just hope for the best that family and friends were able to take care of things on state side for us that we could hit the ground running when we go and get back to the states. And here's what happened. We land at International Airport, and we come out of the terminal greeted by family and friends, some that we were expecting and others that were a complete surprise, to just say, we're here for you and your family. And they handed us a key as we were exiting the airport and coming up to the curb where we would be just waiting for our driver to take us home. But it was an empty car, and they said, this is your car loaned by a member of the church for however long you need it. And then they led us to this apartment complex that we kind of heard something about, but we didn't know what was going to come of it. And they handed us another key as we were approaching this apartment door, and they said, this is your apartment for however long you need it, and it's paid for. Utilities, internet, rent, everything however long you need it. And we enter the apartment, and the, it's furnished, and the beds are made, so we can go straight to bed. Exhausting day, we could, there was toiletries in the bathroom, there were food in the refrigerator and the pantry, pots and pans in the cabinets, as though we'd been living there for months. And the community of faith, just saying you're not alone, and we're here for you. And we felt the spirit through that. And maybe in our situation, the, the example might not always be to an extreme like that. But there are ways that we can be there for one another through prayer and through presence and just being there. And two ways that we do that is we first have to receive it, right? Sometimes we just think it's easier to go through things alone, but we discover that it's always better whenever, because I think God designed us that way, when we go through things together. And if you are in this place feeling like, I just haven't found that connection yet, this is a large church that happens, and we're not perfect, and things fall through the cracks sometimes, but please come and speak to Jill or one of the pastors or myself. We want to find that connection for you. We want to hear your story and find and say, you know what? We know someone that can walk through that with you. And then we have to give it, church. We have to keep our eyes open and be aware of those people around us that are just living hard within the tension and need someone to walk with them. And we have that community of faith and gifts. And one other way that we do that through community is sharing our stories with one another. And so that's the second truth that I see in this verse 1633, that Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. We have a story worth remembering. And Jill was talking to us, to, talking to us about a story last week. But let me take you back to the bookends to give you this idea, this grand picture of the story that we have worth remembering. 
is that seeing over here that Christ will return. Here's one of the most wonderful gifts that we've been given in Christ is that we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. How many of y'all here are waiting for summer vacation? I think some students might even have countdowns on their phones or on their wall knowing to the second when summer's going to hit. And there's just those days where we're sitting in the midst of the tension saying, Lord Jesus, come. Just get me through this day. I know the end of the story, but right now I just need a vacation. And sometimes that gets us through the day, and there is hope to be found in that. But God has not just given us lives where we just merely have to grin and bear it. God, this other bookend, right? Christ has come and Christ has risen already, once and for all. And there's power in that. That Jesus doesn't say in future tense, I will overcome the world. He says, I have overcome the world. And we have stories that we can remember where we have seen God overcome. Where we can say, I've seen God heal. I've seen God provide in a time when I didn't know financially what we're going to do. I've seen God help me overcome some sin and just actually experience some victory. And it's possible. And we remember those stories. And when we can't, we have a community of stories to be encouraged and strengthened by. And we share with each other. Because I guarantee you, wherever you're at, there's probably someone in this room that's either gone through what you're going through now, or they're going through it with you right now at the same time. And you can walk through it together. And we share our stories. And our story shows us that this is not the end. It might feel like a long tunnel, but it's not a dead end. This is not the end. We have a life given to us by God in which we always have something to look forward to. So we have a story worth remembering, and we are not alone. Church, may we pray, because sometimes in the, in the moments when it's the hardest, we just have to ask God to give us that faith to remember our story and to remember that we're not alone. And, he'll and through this, there's hope to be found in the tension. Y'all pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who walks with us and who is with us every day. You are a God who says, I'm in the boat and I'm not going anywhere. And sometimes we, did, we get to see you overcome, but there's those moments where we just still go through the pain, but may we find comfort and that we are not alone and that you're not going anywhere. And may we find comfort that we are together in community and we can walk through it together. And may we remember our story in you. And it's in your glorious name we pray. Amen.